what's up, monkeys? This is your host, Tony. You're listening to the Arm Date Podcast. Today is Saturday, April the 10th, 2010. A lot of times on my past shows, I hadn't really done any type of timestamp, and one of the listeners wrote in and said that he'd like to kind of have that. And again, it just kind of gives a reference of when stuff is going on, and I just hadn't gotten the habit of doing that. On my other podcast, I always started off with, you know, the date and everything and and all that kind of junk. So um, speaking of listeners, didn't get any voicemails for this show. I did get some emails, and I'll go ahead and read those. Speaking of emails, if you want to send me an email, feel free to do so. If you've got a suggestion for the show or if you want to do a review on something. And again, it doesn't necessarily have to be an actual, let's say, like physical product that you could hold. Let's, you know, I talk about other podcasts and things like that. So if you want to talk about some other podcasts or some, uh, some good shows that you've seen on TV or even some good stuff that you've seen on YouTube, good reviews, things that you think... Uh, other other listeners and stuff out there could get something off of or would just get a kick out of it, go ahead and send me an email, and that is going to be all uh, one word, and it's thearmedape at gmail.com. And you can, uh, like I said, drop me a line. If you wanted to record an MP3 and send it to me, you can do that. Uh, if, if Again, don't feel on the um, MP3s or on the length of the email, don't really feel that you have to limit yourself as far as length. Uh, if it is a big file, you'll need to go through something like uh, transferbigfiles.com, which I've talked about before. And if you're not, excuse me, before, and if you're not real sure on how to do that, uh, drop me a line and I can explain it to you. It's real simple how it works. Um, if you want to call and leave a voicemail, and again, you could do a review over the phone. That number is area code two zero six three three nine three two six six. I'll go ahead and give that again. Area code 206-339-3266. The only limitation on that is that you are limited to a five-minute message. If, however, though, if you were if you were going to review, do a review that was maybe like ten minutes long or something, just leave two messages and say this is part one and and uh, here comes part two. And even if you want to overlap stuff a little bit, I can always edit that stuff out. And, uh, and and do it uh, before we drop it into the show. So without further ado, let's go ahead and read the emails. And then once we're done with that, I will um, play some music. And then I think what we'll do is I'm going to talk about my upcoming camping trip, kind of what I hope to accomplish with that, and hopefully be able to get some real good um, info for the next show. All right, the first email that I got was from Jens over in Germany. So thanks again for writing in, Jens. I always get a uh, big kick out of hearing from you. You always send in real good emails. And Jens writes about, now if if you remember, or if this is the first show, on the last show I talked about that I had recently gotten a, a new Swedish Army parka. It's an M90. And um, I threw that, actually I got that, threw it in the wash. Man, it it, turned, it looks like it's brand new. Um, anyway, so this is what Jens had to say. Hi, Tony. I've had some experiences with the German parkas, albeit several years ago, while I was still at school and later in the army. The basic design is supposedly waterproof outer jacket with a liner to provide warmth. However, after a few months of use, the waterproofing wears off and rain will seep through the seams. One day while I was delivering books and newspapers and magazines, I got caught in some really heavy rain 
and ended up thoroughly soaked right through to the skin. I even had to wring out my underwear afterwards. If you want protection from rain and cold, I'd recommend one of those replica sheepskin bomber jackets and a wide-brimmed hat. Keep the leather smooth and waterproof by applying beeswax every now and then. I live near the coast, and there tends to be more wind in this area than further inland, enough to establish cabbage farming due to the fact that the parasites can't hold on to the plants in that wind. And then he sent some uh, a couple of photos of some trees, and they're just they're really canted over. And uh, then he goes on and he writes, On the other hand, all that fresh air with a bit more moisture and a hint of salt is great for people with allergies. I only need about a third of hay fever medication than what I would be needing further south. And then he writes in, Happy Eastern, keep up the good work, Yens. It's funny you talk about hay fever. It seems like everybody's suffering. Of course, out here in Arizona, everything is sort of blooming and coming up and all that stuff. And so... I've had it. My daughter's had it. Luckily, my wife doesn't get it. Usually, I don't get it unless it's really, uh, really pretty bad. And then usually, I'm just pretty sneezy and I've got a little bit of a stuffy nose. But it's not too terrible. I don't usually have to take anything for it. Occasionally, I will. Um, so let's go ahead and let's talk about a couple of suggestions that Yen's had. You know, I like the idea of having uh, like a nice leather jacket, you know, if you don't have a synthetic thing. Uh, and then having the beeswax. If you look back at what the guys used to do way back when, before all the synthetic stuff, a lot of times they would have oils jacket, or they would actually they would wax the jackets, and that would keep um, keep the wind. Uh, excuse me, not the wind, but it would keep the rain and everything from coming through. Uh, and of course, the wide brimmed hat it would you know keep everything kind of off out of your face and then from uh, going down the back of your uh, the back of your jacket and stuff like that. So, you know, I'm not sure with the parka that I have, it doesn't appear to really have any kind of waterproofing stuff on it. Um, when I washed it, I, I, I kind of flicked some water in it, and it beat it up a little bit. Um, but, eh, I, I think if I was out in the rain for any length of time with it, it would probably soak through. Now, I'm not sure the with the way that the fabric is, it may actually shed some of the snow, like some of the powder snow, if it was snow, and it may be able to kind of shed some of that off pretty well. And I thought about, well, what I could do is I could maybe get some of that, um, this uh, kind of like the Scotch Guard spray type stuff. Well, anyway, what I did is I had a jack, an older kind of like a, uh, inter, what do they used to call it? Uh, I can't think of the dang name right now. Uh, it's like anorak or anyway basically what it is it's kind of like a pullover shirt or, or an outerwear thing and it's got like a zipper down the front usually that goes about halfway and then it has a hood sometimes they'll have pocket like a hand warmer pocket in the front as well so anyway i'd picked up a couple of those i don't know for like two or three dollars each at a thrift store and i basically got them for the express purpose of what i'll do is i'll get this and then i'll go and buy some of the um the the waterproofing spray and actually see how it works well i ended up buying the um the kiwi brand it's the um dry, camp dry or dry camp something like that you know what hold on i'm gonna go get the thing i'll be right back All right, 
right, so I got the can, and it's uh, it's by Kiwi. It's called Camp Dry, and it's a silicone-based spray. And I sprayed it on the on on this old jacket that I had bought, and I followed the instructions. And then I can What it says to do is you you apply it. You spray the entire surface from 7 to 10 inches away, blah, 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 with a light coat, and then you come back and apply a second coat after about four hours. So I did that, and um, and then it said to allow it to dry for you know 24 to 48 hours. Well, I let it go for 24 hours. I didn't do the full 24, I mean the full 48, but I, I spritzed some water on it, and it did have some beading but what happened was is it it didn't form enough of a barrier so it initially beat it up but then it just kind of soaked in through and i thought well this isn't too good now the can only cost me about six bucks um so i guess what we can let's just go ahead and do a little mini review on it so uh in keeping with the criteria they like to do uh, let's ask question one what is this thing uh what is this thing designed to do uh, it's supposed to give you basically a, uh, a, a barrier or a, be a water repellent. I don't know if it's necessarily supposed to make it waterproof. Uh, and how well does it do it? Eh, it did it okay. Uh, as far as modifications that I could do or the company could do, I, you know, I don't, I don't know the cons of it. Now here's here's where we get to the the thing. The stuff just smelled like shit. Oh my god! I don't know how if you sprayed your stuff, how you could stand to wear it afterwards. It just, I mean, it stunk. And then what, it stunk so bad that I took it out of the garage. And remember I said, like, I, I waited a day. I sprayed some water on it. It didn't do so good. But, man, it stunk up the whole garage. So I said, all right, what I'll do is I'll just take it out. I hung it on a tree branch outside and let it sit out there for, like, two, I think, two more days. And it still just smelled like crap. Oh, man, it was horrible. It smelled so bad, and and the water repellency didn't get any better. It smelled so bad, I just I watered it up, threw it in the garbage. It it was just horrible. Um, if anybody have now, and I didn't soak the thing down with it or anything. I did like a I did two light coats, like it said to do. Followed the instructions and everything. So if anybody has some experience with this, um, again, I don't know how you would get beyond the smell. Uh, and it, 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 of course, it doesn't say anything on the uh, instructions or anything like you know danger smells like shit but uh, you know i i don't know so i would not recommend that probably if you were gonna wanted to do something like a waterproofing thing i would probably look at doing something maybe like how oh i think filson and carhartt and some of the other things uh companies like that do they um they used to call it what did they used to call it like a tin cloth and what they would do is they would um they would take a, a canvas, like a real heavy-duty canvas, cotton canvas material, and they would make the, the jacket or the coat out of that. And what they would then do is they would um, impregnate the, the material. Uh, I don't know if it's like a oil-wax combination, uh, but whatever it is, and to, to make it kind of be kind of waterproof and shed the water. Um, now, what canvas will do, and one of the reasons that canvas... Um, can shed or keep some of the water out is how I had it explained to me was that it when it gets wet the fibers in there basically kind of swell up and they lock uh, 
uh, and basically form like a barrier and that keeps the stuff from coming through so that you could have it be in a canvas tent and it, the rain's coming down now supposedly i don't know my father-in-law i haven't had experience with being in a canvas tent my father-in-law when he was in the military said that uh, they had the old canvas, the two-man shelters that were made out of canvas. And he said what they did basically is they purposely waited till it was raining where they were stationed. Then they took them out. And they said they set their tent up and they said once they got in that the tent, the inside was dry. Um, and they didn't put their ponchos over the top of them or anything like that. Um, they used their ponchos as the floor, as a matter of fact, uh, to go over the mud and everything. And uh, he said, interestingly enough, he said it had rained so much and it was so muddy and everything that it actually made it pretty comfortable because you had your ponchos lining on the ground. And once you sort of got in and laid down, the mud made the ground soft, so you kind of squelched in there. And the, But he said that the uh, the rain didn't come through. They had no leaks on their tent, and that was just canvas. So I guess that's true. If any, Again, if anybody has any experience with that, write in and let me know. So, uh, you know, unless you were doing something like that, uh, that tin cloth, or sometimes they'll call it shelter cloth or sail cloth, or they'll even, I think they even call it oil cloth, like some of the old dusters that they used to wear out in the West, they would oil them down and things like that. And that would help them keep water, uh, help keep the water out as much as possible. Now I do like Yen's idea about if you did have a, a leather jacket and then you could use the wax. Now, of course, with, with leather, Water isn't going to really hurt leather. I mean, unless it just gets like, you know, totally soaking and everything. But, you know, how you're supposed to clean most, uh, you know, smooth leather, not suede, but smooth leather is you just take like a damp cloth and you can wipe it off and just let it air dry. Um, but I really like the idea of having a little bit of beeswax on there. And that would help, of course, keep the water would brim it up. And I don't, it's not going to do anything bad to the leather. In fact, it's going to kind of condition it. Um, I had used in the past on some, uh, some old leather boots. In fact, they were Doc Martin boots that I really liked. And, uh, of course they don't, the ones that I like, they don't make them anymore, but they were a real nice kind of, uh, oh, above the ankle boot. And I used to mink oil them about, oh, about every two, three weeks, depending on how dry they would get. And of course out here it's super dry, but Man, it, it made a really, the water just beaded off of them. It really made the leather nice and soft. So you could use stuff like uh, mink oil, probably using things like a beeswax. Might tend to be a little bit cheaper. I don't know. I, I can't remember. I've got a couple cans of the mink oil, but I have no idea how much I paid for them. They're not that expensive, but it may be, especially if you're going to do like a big jacket or a hat, something like that. Uh, you could do that and uh, save yourself a little bit of money by using the by using the wax. All right, so let's move on. Oh, before I move on from there, I just wanted to again say thanks, Jens, for writing. I thought that I had written you back, but I don't think that I did, so I wanted to apologize for that. Like I said, I usually try and write everybody back, but I thought, well, I'll just go ahead and, and uh, say thanks for writing on the show. So all good ideas. Keep them coming. All right, so let's move on to our next email. And this email is from Mike, and Mike writes in. He sent me a couple of emails here. One of them was talking about different uh i guess you'd call them like podcast authors on previous shows i've mentioned scott sigler real good author a guy that publishes all his stuff for free you can also get his stuff um in uh, in book an actual book form he's got lots of stuff that's published so he writes in and said if i like scott sigler excuse me you should try jc hutchins really good stuff and i believe also published uh, now with seventh son now seventh son was a series that he did 
You know, a while back, I had listened to um, some of the J.C. Hutchins stuff and got started on it, Got kind of got sidetracked, got interested in some other stories and stuff like that. And I liked the story, but I just it was one of those things where I never got back to it. And I think I'm going to go ahead and uh, maybe jump back in and see if it kind of, if it kind of, holds my interest again. I think one of the things was is at the time I was listening to a lot of different podcasts that were story-based or a lot of different podcast authors and so it just again it just got put back to the back burner. So I don't know. We'll give I'll give him a listen again and see if I like it. I've I've heard the guy, the actual author, I've heard him interviewed. Seems like a decent guy, nice guy and everything. And like I said the the actual story of the seventh son, and that's the only one I'm familiar with. I think he has probably has some other stuff, but um, it, it's about uh, cloning and some other stuff. And uh, so, like I said, I think I'll go ahead and, and maybe give that a try again. Uh, let's see, what else did he write? Uh, Mike writes in and he said it was his first slash second day of listening and liking it. He works uh, internet fraud, so he spends 13 to 16 hour shifts watching financial transactions and keeping the users safe and secure. He says he listens to uh, many different podcasts due to the way I listen about 10 hours a day. Uh, when working, I burn through a lot of podcasters. He says, I like to stay with one and listen to all podcasts, then maybe take a break for three or four months and then listen to some of uh, the good ones again and uh, pick casters back up he says i like what you do and i'm and you're appreciated so i I, thanks for saying that i really appreciate that and then another one is kind of as an addendum he wrote in and said that he's enjoying the pod still enjoying the podcast but we'd nice to have a point of reference such as a record date or a post date mentioned during the podcast so listeners that are listening to early posts know what the reference time frame is thanks mike so yeah, I take that to heart. I think that's a good idea. Uh, like I said before earlier in the show, I uh, it's just one of those things I didn't get in the habit of doing. Um, so I think I, I did go ahead and drop in one for today, and I'll go ahead and try and do that on each show. All right, that's about it for the stuff that I got for uh, this show. Again, if you want to contact me, feel free to do so. Do a review. Uh, even if you want to call up or and, and we're on the voicemail, if you want to call up and say, you're a douche, go right ahead, feel free, have fun with it. All right, let's go ahead and drop in the music. Before I forget, all music is provided courtesy of Music Alley from Mevio. This song is called Code Monkey, and it's by Jonathan Colton. Code Monkey, get up, get coffee. Code Monkey, go to job. Code Monkey, have boring meeting. Boring manager Rob Rob say Code Monkey very diligent But his output stink His code not functional or elegant What do Code Monkey think? Code Monkey think maybe manager Wanna write goddamn login page himself Code Monkey not say it out loud Code Monkey not crazy Just proud Code Monkey like Fritos Code monkey like Tavern Mountain Dew Code monkey, very simple man With big, warm, fuzzy, secret heart Code monkey like you Code monkey like you Code monkey hang around at front desk Till your sweater look nice 
soda Bring you cup, bring you ice You say no thank you for the soda Cause soda make you fat Anyway, you busy with the telephone No time for chat Could monkey have long walk back to cubicle He sit down, pretend to work Could monkey not thinking so straight Could monkey not feeling so great Could monkey like Fritos Code monkey like Tab and Mountain Dew Code monkey very simple man Big warm fuzzy secret heart Code monkey like you Monkey thinks someday he have everything Even pretty girl like you Code Monkey just waiting for now Code Monkey says someday, somehow Code Monkey like Fritos Code Monkey like Tab and Mountain Dew Code Monkey very simple man Big warm fuzzy secret heart Code Monkey like you Like you. All right, well, I hope you guys enjoyed that song. I really liked it. Um, I uh, like with the music on this show, I kind of like to keep things kind of lighthearted. Uh, a lot of times, it just depends on what mood I'm in uh, when I'm doing the show. Now, when I right before the break, we talked about what I kind of want to accomplish with a camping trip and pretty much like most of you guys out there that like to go out into the woods you you want to go out there to do a couple of things either test out some stuff that you got either it's a knife or maybe some clothing things like that or you just like to go out there uh, besides the thing of of getting out and going to the woods and being out in the kind of a nice uh, back to nature environment where there's not lots of crowds and tons of people it's nice to go out there and uh, sort of test some of your bushcraft skills, see what you can do, get a, to- uh, a good dose of reality on how that stuff actually works because it's real easy to listen to a podcast or to you know, watch something on television or watch a bunch of videos of people doing stuff on YouTube. It's a whole nother ball of wax when you go out there and, and do it on your own. And of course, you know, the same with... The, the same thing applies when you when you look at YouTube, when you look at um, television, when, when you're watching those things, of course, those usually have been edited. Um, or if somebody's showing, what you're seeing is what somebody wants you to see type thing. And it's, you know, I've got videos on, on uh, YouTube, and it's true of that. That applies to me as well. Uh, you know, I can edit them or cut them, or if I want to start something over, I can go back and edit that out, that type of stuff, you know, so, uh, but the reason I'm going out there is to, I do want to test that parka. Now, where I'm going, it's, it's going to be up in the rim country, 
it's not going to be that cold. It may be a little rainy, so I'll get to test out some of that stuff. I, now, the last one of the last times I was up there, it was kind of raining on and off, and it had been raining a few days before. So a lot of the wood that was up there that you would normally harvest was wet, was a little bit wet, and so... Well, you could get the fire going and stuff, but it would be smoky, and and uh, I didn't I didn't stay overnight, so I wasn't too concerned about uh, harvesting a bunch of wood, and then getting a little fire going, and then getting that stuff kind of dried out a little bit, so that I would have stuff through the night. We'll see how it's going to be when I go up there this time. Like I said, it's it's supposed to rain, uh, or a chance of rain, I guess I should say, uh, when I'm up there on Saturday. But I the few, the few days before, from looking at the weather cast for in that area, it will have been kind of cool and cold. But there has there's there will not have been any rain. So, uh, like I said, we'll go up. I'll set up camp, uh, test out a bunch of my stuff. Um, there's a couple of things specifically that I want to do, and that is I want to uh, carve out what they call like a woodsman's a woods woodsman excuse me mallet. Uh, and there's two of them that I want to make while I'm up there. Um, I'm also going to do some tests again with a couple of my knives, like the Mora knife. Now, one thing I noticed with the Mora knife, and I'll be able to attest to this more when I get back, but normally when I've used it, I haven't been using it for a lot of, um, oh, what you would call like uh, um, camp craft stuff. I, I basically just used it pretty much as a tool and not so much as a, as a whittler to make stuff with. One thing that I was that I noticed again, kind of on the last time out there, on the more that I have, it's the uh, kind of like the fishing one type deal. It's got on the bottom uh, of the plastic handle, if you were holding it with the cutting edge down, you know, for, so out. There's a little guard on the bottom of that handle that keeps your finger from going up on there. Now I've seen other guys on YouTube that say what they do is they go in and they cut that off or file it down. Uh, because it kind of gets in the way. And one thing that I did find is that it's a little true that if you are doing some um, uh, some more like making making some things, and you're not using it just to maybe make a feather stick or do this or do that. Uh, but if you were going to car uh, going to carve a spoon or going to carve out a mallet, things like that, then you're doing a chest that chest lever grip. That little guard thing kind of digs into your hand. So I don't know if I'm going to keep that on there. Or what I'll do, and I'll, I'll let you guys know a little bit from there. Well, I think that's going to do it for today. The show's been, you know, a little free form. Um, I did want to get something out because I didn't want to go uh, too long. We did get some, you know, emails, so I wanted to, to get those in the show as well. But I didn't want to go too long, you know, a couple of weeks uh, again without having a show to be able to put out. Like I said, I am going to try real hard to do this show on a weekly schedule whenever that's possible and today it was possible to do that so uh let's see what else i got going on um oh yeah one other thing it's time to whip out my pimp cane and beat some knowledge into your heads so listen up motherfuckers all right as you know it's time in the show where i like to talk about some of the podcasts that i listen to um, recently, let's see, I've, uh, I think I talked about James over at the Dried Blood Podcast, uh, and last week I played Vince's promo for, uh, the B-Movie cast, uh, both of those are really good ones, um, let's see, um, J-A-F-M-P, which is done by a guy named, uh, 
a guy named Stephen Thompson. He his last two podcasts have been on um, I think Sergio Leone films. Really good. I really enjoy Stephen. He does have um, what you would call bad language or harsh language in his podcast. That's just the way the guy talks. It doesn't bother me at all. Some of you guys that might uh, you know you might not be able to get past it. If that stuff kind of stuff doesn't bother you, really good podcast. I would suggest you go in and listen to it. And you can just type in uh, J A F M P, and you'll be able to find him over on iTunes, or you can even Google it, and he'll pop up. Uh, let's see, what's some other good ones that I've been listening to? Oh, um, as you, again, as as you guys know, I'm a big firearms guy and a big firearms proponent. There is a podcast called Open Carry. Radio, I think it is. There's also the uh, Survival Podcast by Jack Spearco, which I like a lot. Do I agree with everything the guy says? No. Um, but I, a lot of the stuff that he says is right on the money, in my opinion. His his views on debt, his views on being prepared. Um, the, the number one thing that I like about that guy is... Well, I guess the two main things I like about him are... Number one, he says that... The stuff that he talks about, you need to figure it out. You know, take what he says and apply it to yourself. Don't just do it because he's saying to do it, but you know, think about it and if it'll work for you, use it. If not, you know, do something else. And he's got his catchphrase that I really like, which goes to paraphrases: uh, "Preparing for when times get tough, or even if they don't." So basically, he was saying that you want to do things that makes your life better whether things ever go bad or not, so that everything that you... And that's a philosophy that I believe in, you know. If, and if you can apply that to to everyday things in your life, life can go a lot better. Um, and, you, and one of the big things, too, that he's a big proponent of, which you guys know that I am as well, is getting out of debt. Uh, like I said on, on previous shows, there's no such thing as good debt. There is debt that you maybe have to have to be able to live in a home, but that is not good. It's not uh, acceptable. You need to get out of debt uh, and and be debt-free as soon as possible. The quicker you can do it, the better off you're going to be. And so, like I said, if you're in your 20s, stay away from things like uh, credit cards and charging those up. Now, here's the difference between me and and uh, and Jack over the at the podcast. He thinks. There's no need for a credit card, and that they're you know totally evil. The way that they're set up, or the way that they do business, is wrong. And while I don't necessarily disagree with that, I still think if you want a credit card, you know you're a sovereign human being, especially if you're an adult. You should get one, but just use it responsibly. And if you don't, don't blame the credit card company. You know you knew what you were getting into when you signed up for it. So, again, I don't think the credit cards of themselves, in and of themselves, are a bad thing. It's how you, as an individual, are going to use that credit card. Uh, Are you going to use it uh, as a tool, or are you going to let it use you and and have you become beholden to it? Uh, You should never, this will be my kind of little bit of financial bit here, but you should never, ever charge anything on your credit card that you don't already have the money for. Uh, And so by that I mean you should already have a savings account, you should have uh, enough money in your checking account, 
you should have in that savings account enough to last you. Again, if we look at the minimum amount of, of food storage that you should have in your home, about three months. So you should have probably about three months of being able to pay all your bills. And I had talked about it's important to know what your, your yearly budget is in that you need to pick those three highest months and that's what you need to base your three months of savings on. Not the three lowest months or the last three months, but the three highest months. So again, out here in Arizona, our highest utility bills are going to be in the summer down here in the valley. If I lived up somewhere up north, maybe like Flagstaff or out in the White Mountains somewhere, my summer utility bills probably are not going to be as high as my winter ones because I'm not living up because I'm living up in the mountains, so it's going to be a little bit reverse. So, but anyway, you need to know what what your all your expenses are going to be for those three months. Also, you need to factor into that if you've said, okay, I've got enough money to pay all my bills to buy groceries. You also need to factor in well, what if something then also goes wrong? So you need to add a little bit of extra money for something that's unforeseen. All right, monkeys, uh, that's going to do it for today. Again, thanks so much uh, for all you guys that are participating, for listening, for sticking with me and everything. I really appreciate it. Uh, I really appreciate it when you guys contact me. It's a real big pick-me-up. Um, you know, and this is... I, I, I don't ask for any money or for any donations or anything for this podcast. Um... What I would, what I was thinking about doing though, is, and I, I don't know, I hesitate to, to do it because I don't have any designs for it yet, but I thought I might do like some T-shirts or something like that, um, and we'll, I'd have to look in and see how much they cost, because if they were kind of crap or the quality wouldn't be that great, uh, you know, I wouldn't want to do it, and plus I'd need to have a logo and stuff designed. So, um, if that's something that you guys would think would be kind of cool, I mean, I would all, to be honest with you, what I'll probably do. Is I'll design a T-shirt for myself anyway, and probably you know if I and if I like it and stuff, I like how the design looks. I'll go ahead and get like four or five for myself anyway. Um, so if that's something that maybe you guys would like, maybe that's a project that we can do in the future, do some submissions for designs and things like that. But anyway, just food for thought. All right, my fellow monkeys, I will talk to you guys next time. This guy's got a monkey scrotum and he's bragging about it. Poutini!